With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio. It's 920. I am Michael Graham. After he reached for the cell phone and the uh, college student he was trying to rob said, hey, get off me. The 18-year-old Jasper Spires punched him, knocked him to the floor, started kicking him in the head, then stabbed him 30 or 40 times. There were about a dozen people on that train, including men, and nobody did anything. And that's the part that scares me. The the world has always had dangerous people in it. The world has always had psychos in it. And there's some thought that this 18-year-old may have been hopped up on uh, on drugs, on a designer drug, whatever. You know, stuff, bad stuff happens. The question isn't here on this dangerous planet that wants to kill us all the time. Does bad stuff happen? The question is how do we choose to respond to it? And there was a day when you would have been expected as a man to do something about it. I believe those days are over, and that scares me the most. You guys know Mike Barnacle is on MSNBC all the time, he used to write for the Boston Globe until he got caught plagiarizing. I actually know Mike a little bit. He worked at a radio station I was at, and uh, in fact, I took his job. And, and, and he's a he's a nice enough guy. He hooked me up with some Red Sox tickets, so I can. I, and he supports some great charities. But I don't agree with him on a lot of issues. He wrote a piece about this, and his whole take is: you should be blaming whoever let this guy go. The guy, the eighteen year old, had been arrested the day before. And then he was allowed to walk for lack of evidence. And then, but, but he actually he goes out of his way to say, don't you criticize these other people on the train. We'd all like to think we'd behave honorably with courage, but we simply don't know until a moment like that occur, uh, occurs. Naturally, as soon as the story gained legs and went viral, social media was filled with heroes and tough talkers who said they would have intervened and saved Kevin Sutherland's life from a comfortable seat in front of their laptop. The notion... Of cur- he dismisses the notion of, cur- oh, sure you would. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what was going to happen. Um, are you just sitting back there mouthing off? You wouldn't do anything. Really? I know guys who volunteered to join the military, knowing that they were going to get sent to Afghanistan and Iraq. They didn't know what was going to happen? Yes, they did. I know guys who volunteered to join the police, knowing that it's going to be their job to get shot at while not shooting at other people because their job is to protect and serve. And so they have to put their lives at risk to benefit others. And they sign up for that job. So I know for a fact that Mike Barnacle is wrong, that courage isn't completely dead, and that, yes, you can expect people to still have it. That's the part that scares me, is courage itself as a as a virtue is under fire. You know, we talked a lot a few weeks ago about the Dadly Virtues book with all the dad stuff that I, I participated in. But the first book that came out about a year ago 
is called The Deadly Virtues, and it's about the actual virtues that make a society work. And they asked me to write the chapter on courage, because I believe with Aristotle that courage is the most vital virtue. If you don't have the guts to stand up for the right things, then the right things will lose, period, no matter how right they are. Oh, well, Graham, it's easy to say. You just sit back there. You don't know what you do. You know what? You're absolutely right. I don't know for a fact what I would do. I'm one of those lucky people. I've never been in a real fight. I've never served in the military. I've cheered on the guys who did. So I don't know. But I will say this. If I were on that train and I could have joined a couple other guys and we could have jumped this guy together, this one 18-year-old, and saved a life and we chose not to, I would be a coward, and I should be branded as a coward. And I would call myself a coward. In other words, is it possible that I would fail the standard? Yes. You're absolutely right. I might turn out to be a hypocrite if confronted by that. I don't know. I've been in weird situations. I had, we had here, with the guy show up at the station who wanted to beat me up. And he was a pumping weightlifter guy, and he kept punching me, you know, doing the chest bump thing. And I just stood there and mocked him. Was that courage? No, stupidity. I'm too dumb to realize. Gee, do another guy could kick your ass. So I don't know. But but the point isn't, are we all going to do the right thing? The scary thing is when we abandon the idea that you should do the right thing. That is the scary thing, and that's where we are. Do you remember that D-bag we talked about two days ago who called the police over uh, Confederate memorabilia at a flea market? And he called the police, and he was crying? That guy is a pu- wimp. And we are surrounded by wimps like that. That guy, if that's the moral choice you make, then you are making an immoral choice. If you preach that we should never have people face any discomfort because discomfort is too much to bear, you are making an immoral choice. You are making my country suck worse. And that's what we saw on that D.C. Metro train is my country at its most shameful worst. Rick, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Hey, my name's Rick. How you doing today? Doing fine, Rick. Take it away. Ah, well, you know, I heard about that 18-year-old stabbing the hell out of that dude on that motor train. Yeah, why didn't, like, three or four of them stand up and jump him and try to get that knife away from me? I, didn't, I you know, I would have took a, a cut myself, you know what I mean? Just to, you know, stop this dude from... Stabbing this dude to death, man. Let me ask this you something, stupid. Rick. Let me ask you: If you'd been on that train and you'd done nothing except for hand over your wallet, what would you what would you have said the next day when someone asked you why didn't you do anything? What would you have said? Uh, yeah, I'd have probably bowed down and said, "Yeah, I'm a coward." And that's the key. Do we? I'm so, I know that the new thing now is nobody judges anybody and everybody's just comfortable with who you are. And we need to understand you and tolerate you. And you, No, no, I'm sorry. Some actions are bad. Some actions are failures. And the, you know what the number one cowardice is? The cowardice of upholding a standard, at least saying the right things. We're so cowardly, we won't even do that anymore. 844-404-1067. Your phone call's coming up. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 935. I am 
Graham. Michael Graham. This is the natural truth. Atlanta's largest diner table. So scooch up, get comfortable, pour yourself a cup of coffee, glass of sweet tea, my preference, and join the conversation at 844-404-1067. Also, don't forget, Braves fans, when the Braves score five or more runs, you score at Express Oil Change and Service Center with dollars off their full-service oil change. Uh, the Braves are back in action Friday. You can listen to them here on News Radio. They'll find it if you win. But every day is a great day to stop by Express Oil Change and Service Center. Uh, I've talked to several listeners in the last couple weeks who say, Michael, I hate your show, which I'm used to that. Is I hate your show because you just about give me a heart attack. You bring me these stories that I haven't heard anywhere else, and they drive me crazy, and I don't know what to do, and I'm screaming at my radio. And, you know, well, I, I got bad news for you. Today is a two-heart attack show day. Because as horrible as this story is of the United States of pussy, of wimps watching a guy get murdered right in front of them and doing nothing about it except for waiting to get robbed afterwards, the story about Planned Parenthood that's coming up at 1015 is even worse. It's I just read Planned Parenthood's defense of what they've been doing. It's even worse. And so, you know, that's every day I feel like Insane people wake up and say, let's give Michael Graham something to talk about, which is why I have the best gig in the world and not the worst gig. We'll be talking about, by the way, your worst jobs ever and why they are good for you. Come to later in the show as well. Some more details about this <clears throat> story where a train, a dozen, about a dozen tra- people were on a train in D.C. They call it the Metro as opposed to the Marta. And this 18-year-old stabs this guy right in front of him, tries to kick his head off, kills him, and then goes around person to person and robs them. And the men and women on the train did nothing about it. The knife was so small that with the blade extended, it was like six, eight inches long. So it was not like, you know, the knife in uh, Crocodile Dundee. It was a small It was a small pocket knife. Well, think about it. He stabbed the guy 30 or 40 times with a decent-sized knife. That's not, you know. So it's a small knife. The guy, uh, the uh, uh, assailant... Five feet, five inches tall, and 125 pounds. And the people stood around and watched this dirtbag kill someone. Then he went over and said, I need your wallet. And he took, here's my wallet, here's my money. One woman said, I gave him $160 to leave me alone. You're asking yourself, why didn't somebody on the train do something about this? Why do people let, and you've seen other stories too, you've seen Guys getting uh, robbed in the street and people walking out of their way to not see it. You've seen guys lying in the street with cars coming and they won't even go over and try to help the person. You've seen it. Why? You know why? Because they feel like they're not supposed to. One of the uh, women who sing on the train was interviewed and she said they were telling each other, don't do anything. Don't do anything. While they're watching the guy get stabbed, they're reaffirming the decision. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. Because they honestly feel like nothing more is expected of them. And that's my question for you at 844 Their argument is, hey, he's not stabbing me. I leave the train dead. I win. And I've heard that argument many, many times. Is that the right argument? And number two, should the people on that train feel bad? Or are they right? We did what we were supposed to do. You hear from the police all the time. Don't shelter in place, shelter in place. That is, when did we become a nation of sheltering? I don't remember this. When I was younger, I never remember people going shelter in place. No, you you saw someone in trouble. You went to help them. 
To, you see someone on the side of the road with the you know the hood up and smoke pouring out. You pull over and you hey, can I help? You need a ride to the gas station? Can I let someone know something for you? No, no, just keep going, just keep going. <laughs> see someone in a restaurant having a heart attack, and you could provide CPR right on the spot. Don't, don't just call nine one one. Just call nine one one. And that's what we've done. We've given ourselves the nine one one wimp pass. Call nine one one and you're done. And that's what all the people on the train said. We told each other, don't don't bother him, and, and maybe he'll ignore us. And just call nine one one, and the police will do something. Well, the police can't do anything. You're on a freaking train. The guy's being stabbed to death right now. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Gene, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, how you doing today? Doing fine, sir. Take it away. Uh, well, I don't think these people did anything more than the president did yesterday. What do you mean? Uh, you got a terrorist uh, killing people, and what does he do? Hands him money. Well, you know, it's, that, and it's, that's a, uh, bounce, uh, a bank shot on a political take I hadn't thought of. But I get where you're going. I tell you what, I don't want to broaden this out to foreign policy. Right, I'm too concerned about my fellow neighbors, about the number of you who think that the people on the train did the right thing because they got to go home safe. I've heard cops say it. I'm not going to some place if I'm going to get shot. No way. Well, dude, you're a cop. No, no, it's not my job. My number one job is to go home safe to my family. No, it's not, dude. Your number one job is to make sure somebody else goes home safe to their family. That's why you're a cop. That's why we honor you. And, but not anymore. Now it's, you know, cowardice first. Just just make it out. There is no character left to defend. There is no honor left to preserve. Wyatt is on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead, Wyatt. Hey, Wyatt. Uh, I'll tell you, we'll uh, get back to you here in just a second. Here's the quote I was looking for right there. The woman said she and the other passengers told each other, it's too dangerous to intervene. I think we're all trying to stay away from him because he had a knife. People in front of us saying, don't do anything. Don't do that. That is the sad. I didn't want him to think that he had to hurt us. So I kept not looking at him. So he would think that he wouldn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. Really? If you were a man on that train, just slap the mangina card right on you, man. I, I, I would rather have stitches then be the guy who was on that train and did nothing. Pat is on News Radio uh, 1067. Pat, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Pat. Take it away. Uh, I just wanted to comment about the uh, guy on the train. Yes, ma'am. You go right ahead. You're on the air. By a six inch knife. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, the people that were on the 9 11 airplane that crashed into the ground that said, yep. let's roll, mm-hmm. I think it's the same situation. What do you mean? Well, they stood up. They knew they were going to probably die right. anyway, and they did what they could do to try to get in the cockpit to try to stop the terrorist. Pat, you are so and, right. And that let's roll moment, I remember being so proud. Do you think America is still the let's roll country it was on September 12, 2001? No, I don't. I don't think Americans stick together anymore. I'm afraid you're right, Pat. 844-404-1067. And I, please, I know that you're sitting there going, Graham, BS, man. Your job is just get out. Just don't do anything. That's the right thing. I got to go home. I got to go home to my family, Graham. 
You just this. You, I know there are Mike Barnacles out there saying that this is bogus. Share your thoughts with me. Let me know. I want to know how you think. If you can't call me, call the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. Let's check in with Captain Courageous himself, Greg Talmadge, who when he's not analyzing traffic for the Havilland Expressive Traffic Center, is wrestling alligators in his spare time. (laughs) Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 951. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham coming up in the next hour. If you have not heard about the Planned Parenthood fetus harvesting story, it is horrifying and it's a must know story. Also, crappiest jobs you've ever had. Folks, America will not work without courage. It takes courage to have a democratic republic. And more and more, not only do we not have it, but the premise of courage is under fire. Mike, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead, please. Yeah, the comment about the incident on the train. Yes. It, it's horrible. It's un-American not to help this poor guy. These people riding on the train don't realize they will be the one dropped next week. I mean, where I grew up watching Charles Bronson. I know what he would do. It's un-American not to help him. How could he sit there? The man on the train should go down to Kmart and buy a dress and call Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Go down to Kmart and buy a dress. Don't do that, sir. Go to Walmart. Much better deal on the dresses. 844-404-1067. Lena is on News Radio with Michael Graham. Hello, Lena. Hi, Michael. Haven't you ever heard of no good deed goes unpunished? I mean, mm-hmm. my mother told me very clearly that sometimes you've got to let people fight their own battles first. But mm-hmm. you go in there and you go and rescue somebody out of the car and it's burning to pull them out. You might have broke a rib, and they come back and sue you for it, okay? And you've got to protect your own family. He might be a hero to his own family. He have four kids to support these people. I'm a hero myself, but I remember doing a Heimlich maneuver on this woman, and I heard the crack of her rib, right. and I'm sitting here thinking, she is going to sue me. She's mm-hmm. going to sue me. And it's scary to go out there and help people that it you is. don't know what their character is. It is scary. It's got, risky. I've got people who, who depend on me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're scared to help everybody out. It's and scary and got, it's risky, and that's why, Lena, it involves courage. That's why it's called courage. And so My courage goes for my family, though, that's not and I courage. want to put them first. That's not cur- oh. courage. That's fear. That's security. That's safety. That's uh, you know, I'm going to stay in my cave. Good luck to you. And look, if you want to do it that way, you can. It just won't be America anymore. You can follow Lena. And Lena, first of all, I love the call. I love your honesty. I love you telling me the natural truth. You're absolutely right. When you expend courage, you put other people at risk. When you decided to start a Tea Party group in 2010, you knew that there would be people who didn't like it. You didn't know that it was going to be the IRS coming after you. The woman who started the Tea Party group and had literally the IRS, ATF, FBI, and Department of Labor all come attack her business. That's her business. That's her money. That's her family. That's how she feeds her kids. And they all came under attack. Should she have quit? That's what the president wanted. That's why the IRS went after them, to stop, shut them down. Is that what you should do? You can do that, and you can say, well, Michael... I took care of me and mine, and I did that. And, and you can do that, and then we can be France. And then we can be, uh, well, I was going to say, then we could be Chad. But that would be unfortunate because our caller is Chad. Chad, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Hey, Michael, thank you. 
two, two comments. The first is you, you asked the question, you know, it, don't we have an obligation to go home safe? Well, the truth is my wife and kids wouldn't let me come home if I didn't do anything in that situation. <laughs> They'd lock the door and keep me out. And uh, the second thing is, in, in my opinion, everyone on the train should be charged an accessory to murder. Well, I would say this: the able-bodied should be. I don't. There was a there was apparently an elderly gentleman on the train. Um, and by the way, the people with the old guy, they let him get robbed. They let him get robbed. Think about that. You're standing by your grandpa. The guy is five five. He makes Brandon look like a normal sized human being. He's five five, 125 pounds. He's got a a pocket knife. And the result. Everybody on the train gets robbed, a guy gets killed, and then they all tell themselves, we did the right thing, we did the right thing, we did the right thing. Uh, no, I'm sorry, you didn't. Rick, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, right ahead. I would take a knife wound or a gunshot any day to stand for my country. What about for your fellow Americans? Yes, sir, there's no reason why they did not all jump on this little punk and give him a good whooping. Uh, you know what? I th- here's what I think has happened. I think that there was a time when, and, and, and this is why the premise of courage is so important, and shame, courage and shame. There was a time when, when something like this started to happen, the other men, the, the men in the train would look at each other, afraid that the guy next to them would think they were a coward, total stranger. I don't want that guy to think I'm a coward. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then they would all together. Now they'll look at each other going, okay, we're all cowards, right? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Touch base. And speaking of cowards, Brandon, my executive producer, so your demo would totally just sit and not do anything, First right? First and foremost, I'm five foot eight and a half. That's uh-huh. a normal height for yeah, a human uh-huh. being. You keep, you keep saying that. I'm just anyway, saying. So the shrimpy five foot five guy with the pocket knife, you and your buddies, you would just sat there, right? No, I wouldn't get robbed. Something. I, I don't mean you as a person, but I mean your demo. Oh, most people might. Demo. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the millennial. Most people generation. I know probably would have just sat there and just been like, oh, hope they don't rob me. And when they got robbed, what would they say? Darn. They wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't even have to point the knife. Like, he would just, like, go to somebody exactly. else and they have everything. Like, you're going through, like, the airport line right. or going into, like, uh, Phillips Arena. Right. And you take everything out your pockets and you just hold it out. <laughs> they would just be like, made his life easier at that point. Do they understand that they're gutless, weasel, testicle-free losers? Or do they think that is what it means to be a person? No, their parents raised them to fear everything in the world. Very so. good point. Very good point. We're going to pick it up right there. Plus, the crappiest job you've ever had, I'll be asking Soccer Boy and Brand, other than this job, which I know is their suckiest job. Uh, that'll be coming up. Your answers to that question on the Confession Hotline, 404-436-2007. The best answer will win tickets to see Kid Rock with Foreigner at Aaron's Amphitheater this Sunday. Or, who knows, you may win a four-pack of tickets to come play hooky with me at Braves. Uh, at the Braves game a week from today. They've got a 12.05 start with the Dodgers. I'll be broadcasting there next Wednesday and then hanging out with my kids to watch the game. Hope you'll watch it with me. So much talk, so little time. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.04 News Radio 106.7. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. Welcome to The Natural Truth, Atlanta's largest diner table. You and I get to talk. This, this is I'm not here to lecture you on how you're supposed to live your life. I'm just telling you what I think, and I want to hear what you think, and together maybe we'll figure some stuff out here. But I don't do the show with half my braid, time behind my sphincter, or anything like that. Uh, everybody is welcome here. Our motto, if you can't say something nice, 
Call me, 844-404-1067. Coming up at 1015, Molly Hemingway with The Federalist on this horrifying scandal just breaking that you know nothing about if you get your news from the AJC, CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, and on and on and on. Uh, Planned Parenthood caught destroying babies and using selling their body parts for money, and the media refuses to cover it and has been lying even though it's on video, they've got the video. They're lying about what's going on, so people won't f- figure it out because Planned Parenthood defenders like Kasim Reed and others don't want you to know. And millions of your tax dollars go to this. It's horrifying. You, you need this is something that's going on. You need to know about it. We're going to get back to the uh, story out of D.C. of the crowd watching a guy get stabbed to death by a five foot five inch eighteen year old punk and refusing to do anything about it because they're a bunch of chicken snot losers. Uh, later in the show, some uh, some other things that are going on that you need to know about, and I want to keep you in the loop. One of them has to do with the Iran deal. You've been told again and again that the reason the Iran deal is great is because we have anytime, anywhere inspections. If those sneaky Iranians try to do something nuclear, we can jump right on it. First of all, under this deal, you will have uh, anywhere, anytime, 24-7 access as it relates to the nuclear facilities uh, that Iran has. Uh, this That's what uh, Ben Rhodes in the White House says. Let's go to the Iranian foreign minister who actually negotiated the deal talking to the BBC. President Obama today talked about 24-7 access for the inspectors. He talked about inspections which are whenever and whenever and wherever necessary to the sensitive sites. Have you agreed to this intrusive a regime of inspection. Well, uh, that was his way of putting it. It's, it's an international. How would you put it? <laughs> it's an international regime that is established by the additional protocol. Does not provide for uh, anytime, anywhere international uh, the uh, additional protocol. They said it did not. As very clear terms, and I think the agreement is out. The entire agreement is out. It's it's easy for people to read it. Uh, it's long <laughs> and it's very much very detailed, but people can read it and see whether it provides anytime, anywhere, access. But uh, I I am confident that Iran can, in fact, assure the international community that its nuclear program is exclusively peaceful because its nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. Now, two things there. Number one, I love how the Iranian guy throws right down in the White House. Oh, they're saying it's anytime, anywhere? B.S. Here, read the agreement for yourself. Which, by the way, the Iranian is telling you the truth, and the White House is lying. In fact... When the White House gets confronted with the lie, you can hear that they know they've been caught lying. What about oh. the what about the military facilities? So what we'll have under this deal is the strongest inspection regime that any country faces in the world. And what that means is if we see a site that we need to inspect on a military facility, we can get access to that site uh-huh. and inspect it. So if it's a suspicious site that we believe is related to uh, its nuclear efforts, we can get access and inspect that site through the IAEA. Uh-huh. Yeah, because this is what he's not telling you. Because uh, you can tell from his uh, 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 answer that he knows it. What happens is Iran says, nope, can't go there. And we say, yes, we can. They say, oh, well, you know, we got to go to the IAEA. We got to have a big meeting. It'll take 24 days in the agreement to work this out. So the Iranians say, tell us exactly where you want to go. Tell us exactly what you're looking for. Okay, we'll get back to you in three and a half weeks. They go, they move it all, they cover it all up, cover it in cement, and go home. The White House knows it. That's why the guy, the Iranian guy, was telling the truth. No, you don't have any time anywhere. 
And everybody who tells you that, whether it's CNN or President Obama, is telling you an untruth. Okay. But the second part of that quote from the Iranian guy, Zarif, I absolutely love. I don't understand why you would doubt us at all. I am telling you what's going on. This nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. I told you it was. I, what, what else do you need to know? That's, it's so peaceful that that's why we had to bury it under a mountain so that Israeli bombs could reach it. It's so peaceful. That's why we've been hiding it for 15 years and been lying to you for 15 years because it's so peaceful. And that's who we just made a deal with. These liars, the world's biggest sponsors of terrorism who look you in the eye and go, of course it's peaceful. What are you talking about? Of course it is. Then why is it under a mountain again? What are you looking at? It's peaceful. Complete liars. They've killed, they paid $1,000 a head to the Taliban to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. They had two, excuse me, three factories that they turned full-time in 2006 to making shaped charges designed to penetrate American armor in Iraq with roadside bombs. They ship ships full of weapons to terrorists in Gaza. They, they are the funders. They created the Hezbollah army. The suicide bombers who killed 200 and some uh, Marines in Beirut, Iranians paid them, trained them, organized that terror attack, and then took credit for it. And we just made a deal with them because we can trust. Come on, you can trust me. This nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. That's all you what? What? Unbelievable. So I wanted to make sure that you knew about that because that's going to be the key thing is you can't trust them. I also uh, thought uh, that Lee Smith at the Weekly Standard raised an interesting point. I do podcasts for the Weekly Standard, and you actually can hear this at weeklystandard.com. But he says, you know, now that the Iranians know who Obama is, what's their likely next strategy? What will happen before this president leaves office? This president has himself said that in a little more than 10 years' time, uh, even with this deal, the Iranians will have uh, a clear path to a nuclear weapon. Mm -hmm. My question is, and I think it's something very serious to think about, is, Will the Iranians move to break out before this president leaves office? Really? Yes, I think that's a very serious question because they've taken his measure. They've taken the measure of Obama and his administration. They do not know who's coming next. It's a calculated risk. Maybe they're not far enough along yet. If they are far enough along, I would not be at all surprised. And I would even be tempted to argue that that is most likely. that They will try to break out before this president leaves office. And here is the question. If you're the Iranians and you are within 18 months of going full nuclear, why would you wait? With this guy who you know is going to roll over and play dead with this leadership, why wouldn't you go ahead and go full nuclear now? Because, you know, you could be facing a President Rubio who knows foreign policy inside out and is very tough. You could be facing a President Walker with Vice President Rubio. You could be facing a, well, not President Donald Trump, but there, there are a lot of ways this could not be good. And... That's how weak we look after this deal. Uh, there was a great quote from an anal- analyst on CNN. I don't know if we ended up getting it. Uh, yes, yes, uh, 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 cut 14. Well, Iran is unquestionably the big winner. Look at, the, look at where the fireworks are going off. Not, there are no fireworks going off in Washington, in London, in Berlin, not even in Moscow and in Beijing. The P5 plus one countries that negotiated with Iran are expressing quiet satisfaction. Iran, on the other hand, boisterous celebrations. They are far and away the winners. Where are the fireworks of celebration going off? They're going off in Iran. A big win for Iran, and our government gave it 
to them. Our government also gives millions of dollars to Planned Parenthood. It, when you find out what these monsters have been caught doing, you're not going to believe it. That conversation coming up with Molly Hemingway. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1020. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham. It is one of the most horrifying stories, and that's probably one of the reasons why you've heard so little about it in the mainstream media. Uh, Planned Parenthood caught. Well, I'll let Molly Hemingway give you the horrifying details. Molly Hemingway from The Federalist, and they've been doing a great job covering this story. Molly, thanks for joining us again. I appreciate it. It's great to be here with you. So a Planned Parenthood executive was caught on videotape saying what? Yeah, their director of medical services, Deborah Nakatola, I think is how you say it, uh, took a two and a half hour lunch with people that she believed were interested in purchasing baby parts that are procured from aborted babies. Mm-hmm. And she's on, you know, tape for two and a half hours discussing the nitty gritty, the, the asp, you know, everything about it, you know, how, how to get the heart, how to get the liver, Ugh. how to get the lungs, uh, how she can do an abortion in such a way and train other people to do abortions so that you don't hurt the liver, for instance, or how you can, get the get a full head out if you follow the practice of you know what we what we uh, think of as the partial birth right. abortion method Molly, where you let's deliver hear, let's hear a little of that audio right now okay i'm not going to crush that part we're really good at getting the heart lung liver she's talking about crushing an unborn baby to get organs Yes, so that that uh, the people who purchase these organs will be happy with the product. Mm. Um, it's just an absolutely chilling piece to, or you know, thing to watch, right. and um, it, it's just bone chilling. Uh, we're talking to Molly Hemingway with the Federalist, a great uh, website you should be checking out every day. Uh, and so the, we've got the video. The, the, the Planned Parenthood people say, "Oh no, no, you completely misunderstand. Nothing going on here. Besides that, video is a year old. Nothing to see here. Move along." Yeah, they had a couple of uh, approach. I mean, they're clearly in a PR battle uh, that's, that's it's difficult even for them. Mm-hmm. But they said, oh, yeah, this was taken a year ago, which what's interesting about it is the people who put it out say that it's part of a year-long journalistic investigation project, which mm-hmm. m- leads me to think this is just the first of many videos exactly. about this aspect of the abortion industry. But, yes, that it's a year old doesn't really mean anything. And then they said, oh, this is a highly edited. So the, the group put out the, the complete video, and you can mm-hmm. watch the whole thing. They put out a transcript of every word that was said, and which is even more horrifying, actually. Um, so, yeah, Planned Parenthood. But, uh, but that spin kind of worked. They also said, no, 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 yes, we're, we're killing these babies and harvesting their organs but we're doing it uh for a good cause uh, you know we this, right. these organs are used for good things which is like literally a nazi defense of um you know what type of research sure. nazis did so um so yeah they're they're flailing but it, of course the media tend to buy these arguments i i just don't understand it i mean we live in a world where if a you know a manufacturer has a cell phone battery that gets too hot. You'll have three days of panic about, will your cell phone kill somebody? And, of course, it probably won't. Here we have absolute indisputable. The Planned Parenthood is selling parts of human beings for profit. And uh, the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, nothing to see here. Move along. 
Yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, they had to be shamed into covering the story. I think the first mainstream coverage, even though the story broke at 8 a.m. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we are in a media climate where you can go into a pizzeria and ask a hypothetical question and you get billions of exactly. you know, page views about something within minutes. And uh, here it took until 4.30 before the first mainstream media outlet even mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, you know, a bunch of people did put out stories throughout the night many of which were very weak. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, the, the Planned Parenthood executive specifically talks about hearts, lungs, livers, right. and yet when they're written up in the AP style, it's like uh, fetal tissue disposition. <laughs> I mean, they just they, they like take my, euphemisms and then they add euphemisms on top of My favorite is NPR. Uh, 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 opponents of Planned Parenthood claim that video shows. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a video, NPR. Watch it. Tell us what it said. They don't, no, no, and, no. and Planned Friends. Parenthood didn't deny it. I mean, the very not. first statement from Planned Parenthood did not deny right. any of the charges no, it would in be, the video. It would, be, it would be like the weatherman saying, well, scientists claim that the sun rises in the east and sets up. Well, no, you, there is a point where you have fact. Uh, how about this? The defender for Planned Parenthood saying, uh, we s- merely seek reimbursement for, quote, products of conception, close quote, products of concession, yeah. conception, Molly Hemingway. What yeah, a despicable I mean, phrase. Right. And, you know, and usually like journalism should be about clarifying issues and speaking clearly and not, you know, clouding things and obfuscation. Right. Uh, but on this topic alone, it seems that we really struggle with it. And, you know, even you saw a bunch of um, reporters and others kind of questioning whether this video was real and whatnot. <laughs> Um, and, and that's just, you know, it's all par for the course, but this is one of those issues. I, a couple years ago, the media claimed to have some sort of, you know, they were putting forth all these mea culpas for how poorly they had handled the story about the serial murderer slash abortionist out of Philadelphia, Kermit Gosnell. And that was a a totally salacious story about, you know, again, a guy who was killing women and killing live children, Mm -hmm. keeping trophies of the victims. And he'd been doing this for decades and, you know, with government money. With government yes. fund, subsidized uh, All sorts practices, of interesting angles, and the media completely ignored the story, and right. then they were shamed into it. And then they said, "Well, you're right. We did a bad job with this. We'll do better in the future." Well, now here we have a great example right. where, well, are you going to do better? Nope, they're not doing any better. Well, what have uh, what has the woman who wants to be our next president, uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton, said about this? Well, you know, even that, like, if every single pro-lifer in the country has mm. to be on record responding to Todd Akin, right. that Senate candidate from Missouri who said something during Stupid. you know a previous election, uh, every single candidate who supports Planned Parenthood needs mm. to be asked about this. Do you also support that they engage in, in organ trafficking? And, of course, no right. reporters are really – I mean, they did – a few reporters asked, and she's not responding. Shocker. Uh, yeah, but exactly. she needs to be asked and asked and asked again. And also every Republican candidate, every time they're asked a difficult uh, right. question on social issues, needs to say – Planned Parenthood engages in baby organ exactly. harvesting. Exactly. And that's why, how can you possibly run for president giving federal dollars to Planned Parenthood and not answer the question, do you support continuing to give tax dollars to a, a company that practices the harvesting of organs and not, from unborn babies? Not just tax dollars, but we're talking about $500 million a year. I right. mean, this is a major expenditure of federal taxpayer funds. They are fully embedded in the whole Obamacare so, operation. I mean, this is something that is scandalous, absolutely yes. scandalous. Of course it is. It's just a simple, how do you not ask this question? So, Mahima, we've got to wrap up, but just so you know, here in Atlanta what happened is a pro-life group put up a billboard that just said, you know, 
uh, you know, reconsider having an abortion. I had a picture of a baby on it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, that's all. It was just, you know, making a case. And uh, our local uh, uh, politicians in the in the black community, this was targeting, please don't kill black babies. And the local politicians said, yes, keep killing the black babies. Keep giving money to Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood rose up, and our mayor and the, and the political structure supported Planned Parenthood. I'm waiting now for a reporter to ask the mayor, are you still on board with, quote, products of conception being harvested and sold to the highest bidder? Well, you remember, this is the same media that when the Komen Foundation knew it had a problem because it was funding Planned Parenthood and people right. didn't want to support Komen, they tried to back out of it, and the media bullied them back into ah, supporting Planned Parenthood. So the media are totally compromised on this. I mean, mm-hmm. they they basically – the, the press releases from Planned Parenthood and the stories on this are indistinguishable. I mean, it's just like the same PR operation right. is, is doing both things. And, the, and they are because the day of the journalist is over. It is all team play, and we're in this – you know, this is the yellow journalism era you know you've the whatever you know the baltimore democrat versus the springfield republican i mean that's <laughs> right that's how it works uh, molly hemingway at the thanks so much for joining us we appreciate it thank you have a great day thanks so much 844-404-1067 now that you know that planned parenthood when they uh kill unborn children they also sell the body parts and use them for research the same way that adolf hitler uh and dr mengele did you still still on board with that and don't you agree that some reporter in Atlanta should ask Mayor Reed about his ongoing support for Planned Parenthood doing this to black children in Atlanta? Isn't it like the basic common sense question? Hey, Mayor Reed, you still on board? He won't take my calls because he's a gutless weasel and doesn't have the courage to even answer the phone. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that to insult him. I'm simply stating, reporting the facts. He won't take our phone calls because he's too scared of answering hard questions. But I think this should be a topic of conversation for every politician who's giving your money to Planned Parenthood to harvest baby organs and sell them. It is not a sci-fi film. It's not a Ted Cruz bizarro fantasy. It's what's happening right now. It's on video. It's indisputable. But the gutless weasels in the press will not ask the gutless uh, weasels in politics about it. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning, it's 1038. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham. Don't forget when you call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007 to confess your hopes, fears, dreams, or smart aleck remarks. You could win. In fact, someone today will win a pair of tickets to see Kid Rock with Foreigner at Aaron's Amphitheater this Sunday. That's 404-436-2007 for the confession hotline. And I'd love to hear your response to this news story that the New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS simply will not cover. And I mean that, you know, Michael, I saw a mention. No, no, you, what you saw was a press release handed out by Planned Parenthood. Because, see, not supporting Planned Parenthood means that you're a evil, hater, sexist, bigoted, cis-normative, gender, whatever, oppressor. And so the fact that they are selling these body parts of human beings, harvest. They, not only do they obviously get millions of dollars to perform abortions. Not only do those abortions disproportionately take place among the black community, which means that black children are far more likely to be aborted as a percentage than white, but then those pieces of these babies are sold for money by the um, uh, the uh, Dr. Mengele's 
at Planned Parenthood here in Atlanta and elsewhere. She says, I want to make sure you know what happened. It's not a pleasant topic, but it's your tax dollars, half a billion dollars a year. 844-404-1067, because that's all that Planned Parenthood is. They are an abortion mill. That's 90-something, I think it's 97%, might be 95% of what they do. They're an abortion mill. That's what they do. And then they sell the body parts. And, uh, and apparently, Mayor Reed and Hillary Clinton and uh, everyone else who supports Planned Parenthood is okay with this. And I think that that's the right thing for the press to do is ask the questions. But it's amazing to me how hard they work to not ask hard questions. Uh, and uh, the, the most ba- – let I me mean, think about <laughs> – what happened to Republicans when Todd Aiken said one stupid thing and then compare this to the cover job that the press is doing? Craig, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning. I appreciate you taking my call. Glad uh, to. I wanted to first say that um, from one South Carolinian to another, I know you're a Carolina <laughs> fan, but go, go Cox. Tigers. What? Oh, oh no, go Tigers. no, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, don't cut me off yet. But, I'm um, not going what? to, but it hurts. What I was going to say was I completely disagree with third trimester abortions. Mm-hmm. I'm against it 100%. However, if the fetuses are going to be aborted anyway, mm-hmm. if some good can be received to another child by those organs that are taken, mm-hmm. is that not a good in the end from or taking something good from something that was evil? So kind of the Dr. Mengele uh, argument, look, these Jews are going to the gas chamber anyway. Why not experiment on them? Because we might learn something valuable for medicine. Why not? It's it's not necessarily the medicine aspect. It's the the parents had already chosen these were already doomed to die anyways. Mm-hmm. And right. I do, again, I do disagree with that. It's disgusting. However, mm-hmm. if something good can come out of this, is that not some positive aspect or a ray of light in a dark tunnel? No, there is nothing positive about shredding human beings and selling their body parts. And Craig, I get where you look. I, there's a utilitarian argument. Your argument is not crazy. But once you open that door and say, you know, hey, but my else get something good out of this, then you've got Planned Parenthood selling them. So, so you're uh, a young lady, maybe you're a young black woman, and you live in one of the neighborhoods where the pro-life billboards were up, saying, "Have you thought about this? Why not give this child a Father's Day? Let him be born." And you're kind of swayed by that, and you sit down with the nice, tolerant people, Planned Parenthood, who are just there to help. Just there to, Mayor Reed says it all the time. They're just there to help. And that person helping you at Planned Parenthood knows, you know, if we get three more, uh, we could get seven more lungs, six more livers, and that's $5,000 right there. All of a sudden, the person sitting in front of them and their decision, a woman's supposed to decide, woman's choice, don't get involved. Are you sure you don't want that abortion? I'm telling you, it'll be really good for you. You'll be so, it'll, it'll change your life. You'll be better. Save all the money. If I get the lungs, I get the legs, I get the legs. You've turned this into a cash. They're already getting cash for doing the procedure from taxpayers. But now they're getting cash from the results of the procedure by harvesting for profit and selling for profit the body parts. And as far as I know, Hillary Clinton and Kasim Reed are both okay with that because they haven't said anything to the contrary. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1051. 
Graham. Michael Graham. Thank you for being part of the show. If I sound a little sketchy today, uh, long night of puking. Ate something that disagree with me, not having a good response, but I'm happy to be here. You'll never hear me complain about my job because, number one, I haven't worked since I stopped cropping tobacco in Conway, South Carolina in the summers for seven bucks a day, by the way. And uh, number two, I love my gig. I know it's the best gig in the world. The uh, There's a st- story out about how crummy jobs are a key part of a successful career. And if you've never had a crummy job, you probably haven't uh, been as prosperous as you could be. And so on the confession hotline, we've opened it up at 404-436-2007 for you to confess the worst job you've ever had, the worst job imaginable, worst your worst job. Best phone call uh, to the confession hotline gets a pair of tickets to see Kid Rock with Foreigner this Sunday night at Aaron's Amphitheater. Um, a tough job is trying to get rep- uh, uh, reporters, excuse me, get politicians to answer real questions. If you follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham. I sent out a, a screen capture of a Twitter feed from a writer at the Washington Post. And, I mean, the timing was particularly unfortunate. The hot debate in the newsroom right now, who's had a bigger impact on on pop culture, Beyonce or Taylor Swift? And he has like two or three tweets in a row about this is the most important. We are throwing down, we're digging up information, blah, blah, blah. And so I retweeted it out with the observation. Yes, a lot easier to talk about that than it is to cover Planned Parenthood, harvesting baby organs for money or Americans killed by illegal immigrants released by the government. Now, those seem like pretty big issues, don't they? How can people not, for example, know about them? Well, the head of Homeland Security was asked about the case in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Jay Johnson. Hey, uh, what's your take on this? And when he was asked about it, he didn't even know the name. He didn't know about the story. You know, the story, the couple killed in San Francisco. Uh, he didn't know the anything. He's like, what? What are you talking about? I don't know. what you, How can you not know about that? Well, because he gets his news from the New York Times and CNN and, and MSNBC. And it's not a priority there. Listen to what happens when some of the city councilors who continue to support Sanctuary City in San Francisco get asked by a Fox News reporter about why they continue to say, yes, we did the right thing by releasing this murderer and we would do it again. Do you feel like the national media has come down a little too hard on sanctuary cities and what the main intention is? I think the issue here is gun control. No individual with that type of record should be able to access or be able to have possession of a gun. A few words as representative of the city. That's all that's of course, Fox News would be this rude. Yeah. We tried this for your office. We got no response. When we were in your office, you Supervisor, we don't want to be a pest. It just literally a minute would be great. Fox News is not real news, and we're not a reporter. I talk to real news only. Fox News is not real news. We want to know if you show remorse. Are you upset that the president didn't reach out to the families? Fox News is not real news. So that's the answer. You asked the wrong bleeping person, Fox News, and Fox News is not real news. I just have to say this to Mayor Reed and others. When you're... Uh, response to a question I want to answer is, you're not real news. 
you both look gut you look both gutless and dopey. And so that's not an answer. The fact is your decision to continue to do sanctuary cities, which by the way is still the policy in Fulton County, Clayton County, DeKalb County, and as much as legally possible the city of Atlanta, those are still the policies there. It's news that that's your policy, and it doesn't matter if you're being asked by Fox News or the BBC or the Weekly Reader. But this is what this is what happens. You ask yourself, Michael, how can you have a horrible story like this Planned Parenthood story? Because the no one's asked. The, the media works with their biases up front, and they help hide the story. How can you have illegal immigrants being released after they've been detained? to go out and kill people, murder people, rape people, kill people while drunk driving. Well, because that story happens about once a week in the United States, but normally it gets virtually no media coverage. And that's why when you had Jay Johnson uh, sitting in front of Congress yesterday and they asked him about it, who? I'm not familiar with that. He actually said, the head of Homeland Security, I'm not familiar with that story. Just... Astonishing. Uh, 844-404-1067 is the phone number. We have a lot more to talk about, including more on that story out of D.C. of a train full of people standing back and watching an 18-year-old punk stab someone to death and then come around through the train and rob each of them individually because they were too cowardly to act. And I'm getting some interesting defenses of the people on that train from you in my email, michael at michaelgram.com. You'll hear it all coming up. I am Michael Graham. Hey, everybody, I'm talking to you. I ain't telling you jealous. It feels the matching with you. You will have uh, anywhere, anytime, 24-7 access as it relates to the nuclear facilities uh, that Iran has. The importance of in your life having a crummy job everybody does it it's a real character builder but you can also make money if they are far enough along i would not be at all surprised if they will try to break out before this president leaves office what do you say to the people of israel who worry about this deal uh, i think if peace is an existential threat for him that's his problem this is the michael graham show on news radio 1067 now this is just a job if i advance any higher in this company then this would be my career and uh well if this were my career i'd have to throw myself in front of a train It's 1106 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, thrilled, delighted, honored, and quite frankly stunned that you're a part of the conversation here at News Radio 106.7. The phone number is 844-404-1067. You can email me anytime, michael at michaelgram.com. I'm on the Twitter as they say, the Twitter, I am M. Graham. And also on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Michael Graham Show. If you just do Michael Graham, you'll get my personal page, which I never use. You just have, to, when I started my the station page, you had to have a personal page to make a station page. And so there's that. So anyway, it's what we are doing. There's a fascinating story, a report, I should say, uh, that crummy jobs early in your life 
lead to better careers for the rest of your life. And that people who have never had a crummy job as a group tend to not do as well, not advance as high, not be as good workers as people who've had jobs that absolutely sucked. So we are inviting you on the confession hotline at 404-436-2007 to confess the worst job you've ever had. The importance of, in your life, having a crummy job. Everybody does it. It's a real character builder, but you can also make money. But this stat has no one laughing. A 62.6% job participation rate in this country right now, the lowest in Jimmy Carter. So is this what happens when Americans refuse to take the crummy job? And that's what's happening is that uh, uh, people are trying to figure out why is it the case we have this low uh, workforce participation rate, and yet people say... Hey, we have trouble hiring for, you know, landscaping or crappy restaurant jobs. You know, the kind of crappy jobs that you take when you just need a crappy job. And the numbers are going way down. And so there's a piece at thefederalist.com today. What Americans lose when they refuse crap jobs. One of the things I love best about Governor Scott Walker, well, two things. One is he doesn't have a college degree, which I think is terrific. And number two, he did his announcement for president near the bur- the McDonald's where he used to flip burgers in high school. I believe that every person who wants to be president of the United States, this should be in the Constitution, should have to have waited tables at some point in their life because you learn so much. So my crappiest job ever, without a doubt, was cropping tobacco in the summers. When I was a kid, my dad basically sold me into indentured servitude, and I worked for seven bucks a day in the middle of the freaking South Carolina heat for two months, six days a week from sunup to sun. It was, it's like a sketch out of a Monty Python bit. That was my life. Uh, Brandon, our executive producer here, have you ever had a crappy job? I've had many of crappy jobs. Why are you looking at me like that right now? Well, why are I you don't... holding the staplers? <laughs> I'm about to throw it at me. You know what I'm going to say? Crappiest crap job you've ever had. I worked at the Taco Bell KFC on Buford Drive in mm-hmm. Lawrenceville. That was that was by far Did you the work worst. the late you know, because they were, we were, were they open school. all night? Or oh, they were they... open all night. Yeah, did you work we the open all night? School. So luckily yeah. we didn't have to work ah, all okay. night. But oh, the only reason why I got to work the cash register is because I spoke English. <laughs> they told me right out the gate, you speak English, you can handle money. Wow. And that was by far the worst, dealing with stoners, <laughs> the lowest of low. Did you ever have anyone call 911 because you forgot to put the hot sauce in the bag or whatever? No, we had 911 call us because we were the main job for the inmates on work release, <laughs> and they couldn't find the guy. So, uh, Soccer Boy, now that you are here in our country illegally and stealing jobs from Americans, do, what, what's the worst job you've ever stole from an American? Do you? There was a time when the, the sign flippers or whatever on the side of the roads you oh, see yeah. around, then, that wasn't popular. I was... You were an one early adopter of the sign flipper guy? It was guy? for a local, like a family-owned pizza place. Right. And the only reason I got that job is because I told him, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, got on the corner, <laughs> flipped the sign. Didn't matter. You... It was it was until I like I was done with school, like 3.30, got there at 4, from right. 4 until the sun went down. You are out there flipping the sign. Uh, was it a big, was like one of the big signs, like the big oversized? Was it, it shaped like an arrow was, or anything or anything like that? It wasn't too big, but mm-hmm. I... I did you do the flips? Like, I, were you no, flipping no, no. The sign I eventually got promoted because all I would do was was just hold it. Or I don't know if I got called a promotion. They just wanted me off, right. off of the street <laughs> because I would just literally hold it. The guy that came after me, right. he sat there and was dancing and right. did all these exactly. cool moves. Yeah. 
I just couldn't compete. You just couldn't couldn't get it done. That's amazing because I would think like some Latin dancing, you know, no Macarena, nothing, never. Not, not the Uruguayans. Not the Uruguayans. They don't do that. What's the national dance of Uruguay? Uh, they don't. I think it's more like the tango. <laughs> oh, it's that like would Argentina. be interesting. That would be very very interesting. So, there you go. From uh, from sign flipper to taco stuffer to tobacco cropper. The worst crap job you've ever had, 844-404-10, excuse me, the confession hotline, let's put the confession hotline, 404-436-2007, and your chance to win great prizes, including maybe a pair of tickets to come play hooky with me at the Braves game a week from today. We'll be broadcasting from the TED, and then I'll be hanging out with my kids and watching the game against the Dodgers, and hope you'll be there, too. Uh, if you missed the story, about the uh, what happened on the subway train with a uh, a punk kid, a small knife, and a train full of I'm sorry to say typical Americans. Uh, I'm going to refresh that story for you in mere moments. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. 24-year-old Kevin Sutherland was stabbed or cut nearly 30 or 40 times as he rode the metro train last Saturday. Witnesses on that metro train saw spires reach for something in Sutherland's waist area. That something is believed to be a cell phone. The two began to struggle, then spires allegedly started punching Sutherland until he fell to the ground. Sutherland was then stabbed repeatedly. It's 1119. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham. We are just about oh, 10 minutes away from giving away free lunch in the lunch line and about 20 minutes away from the confession hotline here at 404-436-2007. That was a brief summary of a story we've been talking about all morning about a uh, 18-year-old guy, 5 feet 5 inches tall, 125 pounds, a very small knife, uh, six inches when fully extended, so it's only a three-inch blade. Um, and he was uh, uh, on a train with about a dozen other people, beat the crap out of and stabbed this guy to death, and the rest of the train did nothing. They watched him. They told each other, the uh, uh, don't do anything. And they waited for him to come around and rob them individually because cow- we are... Not just a nation that's ex- more accepting of cowardice. We're a nation now that gets angry when you suggest that people owe you something more than cowardice. That's my problem with this story. It's Look, you have criminals everywhere. Stuff happens. This, by the way, was not on MARTA. It was on the Metro in D.C. But here's what, what you get back to the kind of the theme of the show today. This happened July 4th. I just found out about it today. And I consume tons of media, you know, prepping for, you know, it takes me hours of preparation to sound as uninformed as I do. And I had not seen this story anywhere because the story's been largely ignored. Is it because the stabber happens to be black? I don't know. Is it because they were too busy covering the Confederate battle flag? I don't know. But what scares me is not that there's a criminal out there. What scares me is, A, a train full of people too cowardly to do anything and then B, the response in the media and from these people did the right thing, did the right thing. Just don't get involved. Just don't get involved. I'm sorry. I would not be able to sleep at night if I knew that I just stood there and watched a fellow American get stabbed to death by an 18-year-old punk 
when I could have joined with two other guys and we could have gone over, I mean, and stopped him. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. Just don't do anything. Don't get involved. I'm sorry. That is shameful. And if that is, and, and we've had people call in at 844-404-1067. Michael, my number one duty is to go home to my family. Okay, then you're going to be a coward who's going home to your family. And when your family needs somebody to defend them, they're going to be defended by a coward. That's who you are. When you make the decision to act cowardly, that's what makes you a coward. And when you have a society that celebrates cowardice, you have a society that cannot handle democracy. Uh, before going to the phone, just, a, very, just a, a, a quick example of what I mean about courage, cowardliness, and toughness. Why does Stone Mountain have to come down? Why? Which it doesn't have to, by the way, and it's, I hope it doesn't. But why? You don't understand. I go there and I see it. It makes me feel bad. Oh, you're absolutely right. Living in a free society means you feel bad. Sometimes you see a picture of Jesus being mocked, and it makes you feel bad. And sometimes you hear jokes that upset you, and it makes you feel bad. And sometimes people sell things that you don't like, and it makes you feel bad. That's, if you don't have that little modicum of courage, of personal strength to say, you know what? I can, I can handle being in a conversation with somebody I don't agree with. I can handle doing business with somebody that I find off-putting in some way. Or like, you know, wait a minute. Your pizza place wouldn't cater a gay marriage? Ah! I feel oppressed. Then you have no testicles. We, you can, you, without testicles, you have no democracy. The testicles go first. Democracy follows right away. There's a certain amount of toughness built into the system. And when you say, I don't want that toughness, Michael, and I don't think you should have to have that toughness, and I think we should all just be able to be happy all the time and never get judged and never feel icky, well, then you'll be the person sitting there on the train waiting for your turn to be robbed at gunpoint by this punk. 844-404-1067. Yes, they all went home safe, but did they do the right thing? And do you agree with me that what was on that train was a snapshot of contemporary America. Let's ask Joe. Joe, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Doing great. Right ahead. Good. Uh, I'm a retired New York City cop living down here in Georgia now for a long time. I'm just, you know, people can turn around and, and help out and be covered by a law called the Good Samaritan Law. That's right. Any good lawyer can help them out. Um, it's just appalling that supposedly grown men and I use that term loosely in this situation, yep. uh, just stood by and watched. I mean, I'm a, I'm over 55 years old. I've gone through five operations because of the line of duty injury. Um, and I would just jump on the guy, hold him down on the floor, mm -hmm. have somebody call. But everybody's worried about being on YouTube for 15 minutes, getting sued. <laughs> right. uh, you know, it's ridiculous. It's disheartening that the American society has come to this. I I'm with you. The woman said she and the other passengers told one another don't intervene. Quote, I think we were all trying to stay away from him, considering he had a knife. People were in front of us saying, don't do anything. Don't do anything. That's the part that scares me, Joe. Well, they, they, how could they turn around and listen, first of all? I mean, what if that was, uh, the person laying on the floor was a family member? Yeah, exactly. I mean, as far as, you know, and the cops, they can't, their hands are tied today. They can't do anything without being, being on YouTube for 15 minutes and, and showing part of it but, and getting crucified. But I'm not you, saying they're all right. You know, everybody's got the, their bad situation. If you're doing the right thing, it won't matter on YouTube. But let me ask you this. <clears throat> One common comment I get from police officers on occasion doing this show is, it is not yes, our sir. job to protect the public. It's our job to go home safe to our families every night. Well, it's both. It's both. There's no such thing as a fair fight, and this is a saying, and the cop goes home at night. you got to go That's home right. to your family at night. 
you got to do whatever it takes during the day to do that. You took the job to help people out, and 99% of the guys do that. You know, you get the 1% that, that they don't care, and, and sure. you know, it comes from the top down. The mayors, the, the, the police commissioners, uh, you know, and all the bosses, the, you know, status quo. I got to let you go. We've got so many great calls I want to get to, including Deborah. Deborah, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Yes. Hi. Um, Hi. Yes. I, I would risk my life for a total stranger at any moment. I, if I saw somebody in a fight or um, beating up on somebody else that was defenseless, I would be in the middle of it in, in a heartbeat. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to watch that go down, and right. maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not going to watch somebody beat up. I do pack a pistol. I have a gun-carrying license uh, and to to do that. Um, I I just don't agree with people standing by and watching people get raped or beat or, you know, this is just insane what's happening to us. I agree with you. And, you know, what you like to think, too, is that your fellow Americans would do the same for you, and that's how it all evens out, um, is that, you know, we're all in this together, but we are not in this together are we i i i the country has been more divided in the past obviously we had a civil war it was more divided in the past but we are pretty divided right now and there's a lot of mistrust of each other as citizens and i think that feeds into this uh to a degree cindy you are on with michael graham hi michael um i just been listening to all this and my take on the whole thing i was a single mom for years Mm -hmm. never went on welfare always worked three jobs to raise my kid and these kids are so coddled today, and they've been raised with, oh, everybody wins, mm-hmm. and don't yep. do this, and don't do that, and you have to be a zombie, and nobody can get out their feelings. And now people don't know how to take care of each other. Yeah, they don't know how. They I, don't care. They only care about themselves. Or what they would do is if it was something easy, they would do it. Because they've been told, Cindy, if it's important, it'll be easy education. If it's really important for you to learn, you won't have to sit there and study. No, no, no. We'll make a cute little video or we'll make a cartoon book. And something. And if, if it's and if it's physically exerting and, it, and, and you feel hot, don't do that. Just stop. And if you feel pressure because there's a test, oh, pressure's bad. And if you feel uncomfortable because someone's different from you or has a different opinion, you're, oh, stop it. Trigger alert. Trigger alert. And you're right. We have turned this. We, we have imposed this gutlessness on the next generation. 844-404-1067. We've got news, traffic, weather coming up, then your chance to win free lunch in the lunch line. The, the confession hotline is wide open for your calls on the worst, crappiest job ever, ever at 404-436-2007. I'm Michael Graham. Lunch. That's right, it's the lunch line. Doesn't have to cost dough. Because every day at eleven thirty-five now on Michael Graham show. Hey, wait a minute! That's me. The lunch line. Kick it. You get free lunch if you call and win. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Lunch line. Free food is yours if you just listen. And because today's show is dedicated to your crappiest job and how important it is for you and your career. We gather our lunch line from the workplace at the office. Now this is just a job. If I advance any higher in this company, then this would be my career. And, uh, well, if this were my career... Finish that line and free lunch shall be yours. Just call 844-404-1067 and we will send you to Your Pie, the world's originator of quick-serve brick oven customized personal pizza. Drawing from family recipes, Your Pies uses hand-tossed dough 
only fresh ingredients, homemade pizza sauces. Mm. They also have vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free pizzas, Ugh. as well as the good stuff. But that's all at Your Pie. And we'll be happy to send the first person who can finish today's lunch line. Let's see if it's Matt. Matt, you are on the air. Hey, Michael. Are you a pizza fan? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, tr- we'll try to send you. We'll give you the line. And if you finish it, you win free lunch. Here we go. Now this is just a job. If I advance any higher in this company, then this would be my career. And, uh, well, if this were my career... Matt? I'd have, to, I'd have to throw myself in front of a train. Well, if this were my career, I'd have to throw myself in front of a train. Bingo, Matt. You are the winner. Stay on hold. We'll get your information here, and you'll be enjoying free lunch at your pie. We give away free lunch every day now around this time because the Confession Hotline has been such a hit if it's taken up all of our time at the end of the show. So we'll get to the Confession Hotline and your chance to win tickets to see Kid Rock or maybe see uh, the Braves with me next Wednesday for their 12.05 game. That's coming up at 11.45-ish or so. We're still talking about this story out of uh, D.C. on the Metro where a group of people on a Metro train not just stood by and watched while this 18-year-old five-foot, I can't emphasize this enough, five-five, 125 pounds. You see that story the other day of uh, they were having one of those character, what do you guys call it, cosplay? Am I saying that right? And up out in Colorado. And one guy took a woman's, like, fake sword, like her sword, and the woman put a chokehold on him. And kicked his butt. This is a chick by herself at a cosplay. Yeah, yeah. A wench costumed woman put a man in a headlock after he stole a jouster's sword, which gives you some idea of the cultural difference between Colorado and D.C. And uh, so even there were not a lot of men on this train. No, No news article I've seen breaks down the number of men versus women, but there were men on the train. There were about a dozen people on the train. So you had 10 people. Let's, I tell you what, let's take half of them out. Ill, old, whatever. You have five adult people and one 18 year old, 125 pound, 5'5 punk. He makes, like I said earlier, Brandon look like a normal sized person. And they just sit there. And they, don't, don't do anything. That's okay. Let him do it. That's not strategy. That's not wise thing. That isn't wisdom on display. That was cowardice on display. And how do I know? Because the, he then went from person to person with his little pocket knife and robbed them, too. One woman said, I gave him $160 to leave me alone. Another woman said, I kept not looking at him so he wouldn't think he had to kill me because I might be a witness. That's your answer? Sit there and try not to get killed as a witness? You know what? If you had the courage that we used to assume that Americans had, the courage that was taken for granted a generation ago. Brandon! I just look, I keep going back to this because think about how crazy the premise sounds now. Because a guy, people think he's a coward, he feels a burden on himself to go out and prove that he's... Boy, talk about not with the times, dude. We cowered everybody. I, what is ISIS but the global equivalent of an 18-year-old punk with a pocket knife? They're nothing. Europe and America could join together. It would take us a weekend to wipe them off the map. I don't know, Michael. Someone might get hurt. You're absolutely right. Someone will get hurt. That's why you have a military. People who care about the world, our country, our you know uh, our policy, 
you know, making, uh, keeping America safe by not letting the bad guys set up a caliphate. Michael, we can't do anything if someone's going to get hurt. It's, we, Iran, Iran is a bigger, scarier punk, but they're still a punk compared to the world. We had the punk bent over. The sanctions were working. Michael, we just had to give in because, you know, they might do something bad and they might feel bad. And we just, you know, really, who are we to judge, Michael? And that's what we are. We are a nation full of the other people sitting on that train plane explaining why what we were doing was the right thing. And I hope we know it's not. I hope that it's hypocrisy and denial. But more and more, I think we really are a nation of people who think cowardice is acceptable. I, you know, I'm not big on flacking my own stuff here on the show, but the book, The Deadly, they're having the big Amazon Prime thing today, right? The book, The Deadly Virtues is there. You can get it on Kindle, regular copy, whatever. And it talks about, you know, every chapter is a virtue, love, honor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they asked me to write the courage chapter. Not that it's particularly well written or anything, but the point that we should look at courage as a virtue, even when people make mistakes with their courage. I'd rather have a guy with courage who's, you know, overly aggressive, who makes a mistake, than have a coward who never does anything, good or bad, and lets the bad guys display their courage and do whatever they want. The book's called The Deadly Virtues. And uh, I just, there, there, a lot of virtues in there and a lot of great writing from smart people like P.J. O'Rourke and Christopher Buckley, etc. cetera. Uh, and then the chapter on courage. 844-404-1067 is my phone number. We've got your calls. We've got the confession hotline. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Up to the host playing Elvis Costello as a bumper. Absolutely good move. Big fan. Okay, so this is an idea you don't want to try. Uh, Joe Gibbons was arrested after robbing a bank in Manhattan, was sentenced to a year in prison. When he was caught, he pleaded guilty to third-degree robbery, claiming that it wasn't a crime, that it was a performance art piece, that he was simply stealing the $1,000 in the bank as performance art. You know, like the people who do, like, they let you cover them in fudge or they hang from a building or whatever. That's all this performance art. And interestingly, investigators believe they may have done this, had, uh, had another performance of his art in Providence a month earlier. He even admitted to it in an interview with the New York Post, but he's never been charged with the crime. Because it's performance art. Hey, I don't know crime, but I know what I like. That's what I think. Speaking of performance art, so Emory University, Brandon, what they tell everyone we're having yesterday? We had a tornado. We had a tornado in Atlanta. Atlanta. Did you see the tornado in Atlanta? Oh, because we didn't have one. Emory was wrong. And they falsely screwed up and sent out an alert. Tornado in Atlanta. Hide. Aren't they supposed to be the smart school? Well, they had to apologize. My theory, don't apologize. Performance art. That's all it was. It was just performance art. And now it's time for the one, the only, the world famous... Thank you for calling the Confession Hotline. The Confession Hotline brought to you today by Matt Hermes of Hermes Realty Group. You're selling a high-end home. You need my friend Matt Hermes. 
my crummiest job has yeah. come uh, later in life. Uh, mm-hmm. I sell porta potties, and <laughs> as part of my job description, I have to ride with uh, one of the techs on a weekly basis. So in 95 degree weather, uh, let's just say the stuff stinks. When you're asking for the crappiest job and someone says porta potty, you you pretty much you're a borderline winner right there. You're in this you're in the running porta potty guy. Yeah, the worst job I ever had was picking up dog turds at the Peachtree City Dog Park. And the citizens and the dogs were fine. It was the management that was the dog turds. <laughs> Could you lay off the sound effects, please? My stomach's already upset. There's a common theme to these. I'm nauseous. Okay, my first job out of high school was Mm. working in a rendering plant, and one of my jobs, besides unloading trucks, was to cut open cow stomachs and take the manure out of them and then throw the stomachs in one barrel, shovel the crap in the other barrel, and then dump it the next morning. You know, did I mention I was up vomiting all night last night that I ate something? This is not good. This is not good. So I literally had the crappiest job in the entire world. <laughs> I worked for a fire and water damage restoration company. Okay. And on my first day of the job, they played a prank on me and told me to take this sawzall and cut this pipe in the garage. Okay, so I do that. Literally cut the pipe. Human fecal oh. falls all over me. Ah. I quit that day. <laughs> that is a horrifying, awful job. Uh, so pipe poop guys definitely in the running, too. Yeah, right after high school. Worst job I ever had, I got hooked up with this company that was shooting porn videos, which ah. may sound kind of fun yep. until you realize that it just consists of mostly just cleaning up lube, <laughs> and that stuff gets on everything. Sexy time. This is going to be tough. Cleaning up lube guy also has to go on the short list for a chance to win. My dad got me a job working a shovel all day, digging ditches mm-hmm. in the sand, that would never form into a ditch right. to bury phone cable. I quit. He whooped my tail, put me back on the job. <laughs> and this was 12 hours a day. That sucks, man. It's that worse because your dad made you Exactly. Go you got to go back. <laughs> and you got the whooping. Yeah, I just wanted to confess. I used to have to clean out sewers. Um, and that was not fun. No. Cleaning out. Feminine products, and oh. latex form of birth right. control. Uh, did I mention? I'm not uh, feeling that out good. Of sewer drains. Oh. Uh, so when I was in Iraq for, you know, I did my show from there back in the, during the war for a couple of weeks. They had a thing we were on blackout because it was, you know, wartime. And I'm like, well, how am I going to find the bathroom? They said, trust me, you will not have any. And they were so right because those porta potties. 120 degrees, 125 degrees during the day. <sighs> Palpable. You absolutely could walk right to them. Worst job I'd ever had. Uh-huh. I worked with a uh, tree service. We worked from 7 o'clock till sometimes midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. 80 bucks a day, every bit of it, manual labor, no overtime, no insurance, right. no anything. <laughs> Oh, so those are some truly crappy jobs. Remember, they will—they are making you more uh, uh, eligible for work and for prosperity today. Americans, you need to take those crappy jobs. It's important. I—I got to tell you, Brandon, we got—we've got the Braves tickets, mm-hmm. and we got the um, Kid the Rock. Kid Rock ticket. Who's our big Kid Rock winner? I think the Lube guy. <laughs>
I'm so glad you said that. Can I just say, I want to know what the circumstances were to him getting that job. Like, how bad his life must have been. No, the how do you get, like, how do you do, like, apply for it? Hey, I I know the perfect guy for this gig. Do they check references? He loves lube. You mean the lube guy? Okay, so uh, Kid Rock tickets for the lube guy. Now, what about the Braves tickets? Uh, I think it's the poop pipe. Poop pipe. Poop pipe. We'll be uh, uh, emailing you or contacting you. You you have tickets to come join me a week from today. We're playing hooky. It's a twelve ten start with the Dodgers. So a business person special. We'll be live there, right, Brandon? Yes, We're live from the TED. Live. So you can come hang out while we do the show, and then we'll stay and watch the game. My kids are going to come, so we'll be there. Don't bring poop with you. <laughs> Please. To this stadium. Please don't. Oh, oh God. I, I got. Is there a restroom around here? I gotta go. This is not gonna be pretty. Don't. Uh-huh. Oh, leave a present for the Kimmer. <laughs> you can another joke in there somewhere. The confession hotline is open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. 404-436-2007. Email me, Michael at michaelgram.com. Radio broadcasting legend, the Kimmer, is coming up next. I am Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.